0: Hey, it's Brandon. Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. This episode is sponsored by Zenium HR. Zenium is supporting small and medium sized organizations for all of their people processes, including HR support and strategy, payroll processing, benefits administration, compensation planning and design, training and development, and so much more. Learn more about Zenium at zeniumhr.com. And as a reminder, we have at Zenium our we do it about every two or three years. It's our Beyond Compensation Total Rewards Survey. It gives employers a chance to benchmark their benefits and perks against other organizations in the market. You sign up, you fill out the survey, and within a couple months we do the analysis and you'll get a report that showcases what the common employers are doing from a perks and benefits standpoint. So you see tons of statistics that you can use to change all of your perks and benefits and all that stuff to attract and retain people. Learn more about that on our website at zenmhr.com and I'll put a link to the sign up in the show notes. Today's episode is with Lilith Christensen. She is with Silk Road. She's the Chief Strategy and Product Officer, Silk Road Technology. We're talking about uh, an ebook, a report that they created called How Can Organizations Adopt New Business Models and Support Employees. Basically, what we're talking about is change management. How do you shift business amid this pandemic? And how do you communicate effectively with employees? So, you're going to learn a lot about the communication side of change management. Enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you next week. By the way, next week we have a great episode. It's with Gabrielle Cohen. She's on my team at Zenium, and we're talking about onboarding amid the pandemic. So you're going to get a firsthand look at how onboarding went for her and you'll hear it from her perspective. So looking forward to that one. Talk to you next week. It is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks, Brandon. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me.
0: So for the sake of this conversation, we're going to discuss a Silk Road white paper called How Can Organizations Adopt New Business Models and Support Employees Oh, boy. Do we need to support employees and adapt to change more than ever right now? How is how is the pandemic going for most organizations? Were they prepared to be able to to make a pivot with implementing new technology and also supporting people from remote? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, great place to start. I think based on our own experience and that of our clients, as well as what we learned from the survey, I think it's safe to say that a majority of organizations were absolutely not ready. (laughs) Even though when I think back to some of the work that we were doing at the beginning of 2020, we were talking about a digital transformation and it coming down the road. And at that time, we all believed it would be driven by AI right. and other changes in technology that would drive a workforce change and then come March and I can't believe we're coming up on the year anniversary it's
0: insane yeah
1: it, it, oh it's bonkers that it was it was a pandemic that caused this tremendous change what I have seen is I think the organizations that you know, had continuity of operations plans in place maybe because they were going to be driven by um, uh, environmental disasters things like that people that had to prepare for hurricanes. like I think they are the ones that have fared a bit better and were able to more quickly respond because they had already identified what are the right processes they need to have in place, how do they enable their people, and what kind of technology do they use to allow their teams to work from anywhere because they were prepared for that kind of a disaster. Um, I think most organizations, though, really were figuring it out as they went along, but I think that's to be expected too, right? And the good news is that that even when we look at, you know, reflecting back on it, I think from the survey, um, we saw that a majority of those participating really didn't feel like their organizations did a great job of responding, or they at least wished they had done more to support employees. When we look at where we are now, I'd say, well, it's not too late to improve that. You know, I think at first it was a lot of quick response and now you've got an opportunity or leaders do of an organization to take a step back and figure out, well, what can we do better now? How can we continue to enhance the employee experience and what's needed in terms of tools and resources to enable organizations to to be thriving again?
0: You said something that I thought was really fascinating. Just uh, it reflects on where we were a year ago, which is so sad to say that. But I think what you just said was, I think most employers were thinking like AI was going to force a lot of change on us and that it would probably be slow. You didn't say that, but I think a lot of organizations are like, okay, it's coming. It's, it's going to come. We're going to need to adapt. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and like a light switch, we need to to turn it on. And so with that said, most employers probably had to make a quick shift overnight. Were they prepared? What were the steps they needed to take to really adapt to the new world we're in?
1: Well, I think that they needed to first assess um, what did the employees need, and when I look back on it, you know, I think we've gone for years in HR talking about talent being our most important asset, but when you look at what were we doing to really kind of put the money and the programs behind that statement, I think there wasn't Much there. But now organizations really did have to recognize how do we support our people? Everybody needs to be safe. We have to send them home because that's the right thing to do. And I think when organizations started with that, then they could look to technologies and other programs that could help enable a more successful uh, work from home transition. I mean, not to say that I'm sure organizations didn't struggle with gosh, everybody only had desktops. Now we need to get them laptops. How do you get them provisioned? And the proliferation of Zoom and Teams to support collaboration that had not been done in such a at-large manner. I think, as you said, Brandon, that most people expected change to come, but it came at such a pace that was not predicted. And I can't quite remember the stat. I feel like it's five years worth of transformation happened in five months or something. Like that. I
0: believe it. Yeah, it's incredible. So I think early on in the pandemic, most employers were probably in most organizations, they were like, we need to implement all this new technology, we need to shift our equipment, we need to implement new software and obviously teach our people how to use these things. What I worry about, though, is perhaps neglect on some of the employees. Like, how do we develop our people? How do we make sure that we're communicating effectively? So this whole people side of the equation, how do you think employers are adjusting to to this, the pandemic, with as it relates to their people?
1: I think that there's still a learning curve there Um, when we look at the results from our survey. So again, this took place um, in the December to early January timeframe is is when we did the survey. And um, at that point, there were two and five of the participants that were expecting to resign as a result of how their companies handled the pandemic. Wow! So that tells you huge opportunity there. One of the areas that we delved into was the communications piece and how was that faring? And in fact, you know, there's a ton of room for improvement there. Both the executives and the workers all said that there was an opportunity to do better there. Some of the things that we heard from that were around communication between departments and looking for ways to enhance that um, to be better going forward. Even coming down to things like more regularly scheduled one-on-one conversations between. A manager and their employees that I think we used to rely on perhaps walking by someone's desk and checking. <laughs> the management out by walking day. around. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole book on that, or several, I think. <laughs> Um, or bumping into someone, you know, at the water cooler or in the lunchroom. And and that just simply went away overnight. So I think the most successful managers and organizations were ones that helped to replace that more organic connection with more formal ones. So is it the funnest thing to plan a Zoom meeting or a, a Teams meeting, you know, every single week. No, but doing that really did enable the more successful organizations to to begin to thrive more quickly because they were formalizing these communication opportunities that um, used to happen, you know, on their own in the past.
0: It does seem like a crisis like this is like the biggest tremendous opportunity for really good managers and leaders to really set themselves apart from everybody else. Meaning if people are really good communicators, they can find a way to rally their teams. And I think most managers just weren't prepared for that. And I think it reflects back on the job that employers were doing before the pandemic started, which they probably didn't have enough management and leadership training to be able to prepare for something like this. Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, and especially when we look at the generations in the workforce now, we have a new set of managers that are coming up into the organization and that traditionally has been the area Unfortunately, it is probably most weakness for organizations that they aren't sufficiently preparing their managers for that role and teaching them a new set of skills. That was another element that came out in the survey was around the number of people that took on new responsibilities over the course of the pandemic. I think it was 83% took on some type of new responsibility. Um, so it was, it was 80% of executives and 63% of workers took on new roles or responsibilities. And when you think about the number of those that were probably managers, first-time managers, there was a big opportunity needed there to train them and help them understand you know, what's the best way to provide feedback. How do you maintain mental health um, and wellness for your teams? And really became a gap area that many organizations need to focus on now.
0: I don't know if your survey covered this, but you just said something about the generations in the workforce that gets me thinking like, The adaptability from people right out of college getting their first job to all the way to boomer generation, like who's adapting the best right now and how is that going?
1: Yeah, we didn't look at that specifically, but we did look at the answers based on demographics for one particular question, which was around... um, in a in a go forward world, how many of the leaders were more likely to support um, continued work from home policies or enable more remote working? And while a majority of them all were supportive of it, and I think that in itself is a big shift from you know so many traditional organizations and industries like banking where people need to be in person or or at least that had been what everyone believed to be the case. Now there's been a shift um, when we look. At that by age, we definitely saw that those leaders that were in um, older age groups were far less likely to endorse it as those that were, you know, more in the Gen X and younger.
0: I'm curious about the psyche of the employee right now. I mean, we had a really hot job market before all this happened, and I think employees were likely to shift, you know, look for a new job and feel comfortable doing so. But I'm curious, has that changed? Are people still willing to leave? Are they relying on the safety? out of their current position?
1: Yeah, that was a real surprise for me out of the study because um, I, I think it was a candidate's market You know, before all of this started. What we found was that 20% of those who participated in the survey actually left and took mm-hmm. on new jobs during the pandemic, which you know, while certainly not a majority, I still think that's a pretty large population. Yeah, I mean, you think about all of us individually People were dealing with sick relatives or friends, people that are parents and had children that they were now homeschooling. I mean, there was a lot of change going on. At least I would be one that got the security, like let's focus on what I can do right now and be good at that without that additional you know, need to take on new responsibilities, meet new people. So there's some brave souls out there that are apparently doing quite well.
0: <laughs> so Lilith, for people that are starting new roles, taking the leap to have some change in their career. How do you think employers, especially right now with the current situation, how could they support those employees who probably feel like they have no idea what they're doing?
1: Yeah, that's right. And it's, I guess in the grand scheme, not so surprising, right? We were all learning new ways of work. People were perhaps starting jobs. They never even met in person who their manager would be, interviews happening via Skype or Teams, Zoom, et cetera, that it might be a challenge for organizations. Um, We did find in the survey that in fact it was, and that 25% of the folks who participated both at the leadership level and the worker level had little to no Support or training whatsoever. And about another quarter, we were able to find some resources themselves, whether they were online training and things like that, to help them in their role. But that really shows you what an opportunity there is to still improve that. And one of the things that we saw was that over 50% of the folks didn't get enough training, they said, still had unanswered questions about their role and struggled to make personal relationships with their new coworkers. And those are three of the big areas when you think about onboarding someone into a new role, whether it's a brand new job, new company, or even just new role within the same company, is you have to focus in on those pieces, help them understand the strategy. How does their role fit into the big picture? You want to provide career support for them, help them get networked, you know, connect them with other stakeholders in the organization and certainly provide training to them. So I think if as organizations really need to improve that piece, it's really looking at that onboarding element and paying attention to those components to help them be successful in their role. And even don't look at it as a historical failure, but rather what can you do now, right? It's never too late, yes. I think, to come back in and provide that kind of support now. And if organizations are ready to move move towards some more hybrid work models, then all the better to start paying attention to this now.
0: I had to hire my first employee during this pandemic uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, onboarding. I've been able to do it in person before, but now I've got to do it remotely. And I want to make sure this person felt special. So I'm like, I've got to make sure that she's meeting with all sorts of people across the organization. And I basically had an entire calendar for two weeks mapped out for her. And I think it went really well. she got, I got some good feedback on it. And I think to your point, the onboarding process for employers is the biggest opportunity to make people feel special, feel connected and get to know people on a regular basis. Yeah,
1: that's, Great, Brandon, to hear that you did take that extra step of not just identifying who she should meet with, but pre those meetings. And I think that's a piece, particularly with you know how we're all working remotely now, probably getting her the technology in advance might have been more challenging. So a lot easier for you to just set up those meeting invites um, for your colleagues and her. So I say, great job. Thank <laughs> I'm you. Glad, glad she's off to a good start.
0: <laughs> for the... You know, the workforces that are working from home, primarily remote at this point, what do you think about the productivity level? Is it increased, decreased, stayed about the same? Is it just altogether different and it's hard to measure at this point? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think anecdotally, we can assume it's a complete mixed bag, right? That some people are up, some people are down. I do believe overall it's up. I mean, you think about the fact that we're still continuing to support our clients. Businesses are maybe not growing in at the same pace that they had been. But when you think about what we're all getting done at home, that we're working, supporting our teams. We're supporting our clients and probably supporting our families with some added jobs like uh, homeschooling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That overall level of productivity has to be up. But we did see in our survey um, employees and leaders Both felt like productivity was up. And because of that, that's why the leaders are willing to entertain more remote working once we move into a post-pandemic world, whatever that is. So I think that's a real positive to come out of this, that it really did help to Overcome some of those biases that managers had, where they thought they had to see someone in order to know that they were productive. You know, they started relying, maybe even building a more trusting relationship amongst the organization, because now work was still getting done, and maybe even getting done better.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest shift that I saw too. Is that there was so much emphasis on like, oh, I need to see you button seat sort of situation, whereas like now all you can really focus on is the results and the output. And I think when employers probably started seeing the output, the trust was there. And so I'm really curious about what the long term is gonna look like. If we get a chance to be back in a normal, safe environment, what kind of approach are employers gonna take? What do you think?
1: I think they are going to embrace it more. My guess is is we'll be in a hybrid model, that there'll be some population that will return to a work office environment 100% of the time. I think there's going to be some population that's just going to stay remote entirely. And then that mix in between, and I'm certain as we're going to ease into it, maybe it's a couple days a week for different parts of the population and, and being able to have maybe it's one day that everyone's present that you can plan your work meetings, your conversations, your collaboration opportunities around you know, a specific type of schedule in order to support a hybrid um, experience.
0: On this podcast, we talk a lot about employee experience and I think the, the audience really cares about it. It's a buzzword in, in HR, but I think a lot of the C-level folks are really starting to think about like, how do we increase the employee experience? especially during this time. Did you guys capture some of that that data with employees? Um, I, I imagine that employees have an idea about what could make a better experience for them. What does the data say about it?
1: Well, it says a couple things. One is around the importance of communication. And that, that in and of itself, I think, turned out to be the biggest driver of how people were reflecting upon the experience that they were having. And the more communication that was happening between themselves and their managers or across departments, the more positive opinion those respondents were having around how that employee experience was going. Now, certainly there's room for improvement there too, right? Wanting to see a little more guidance and support that is available to them on a regular basis that that's something that really helped um, and can continue to help that employee experience piece we even saw what i thought was a nice bit of alignment between the c-suite and the workers around after the pandemic wanting to keep some of the elements that we've all gotten used to and, and come to appreciate so that flexibility around working from home or flexibility around hours you know, back to what you said earlier brandon that trust piece that you're You're just now looking at the output and recognizing that that's good enough and allowing people to have some more flexibility to balance as they need to during the day between their work responsibilities and whatever their personal or or family needs are, too. Um, I think those will be ways to help that employee experience continue to be more positive going forward.
0: If you're to look at the situation right now and put yourself in the shoes of somebody running a business, what are the top priorities for you as a C-level executive, somebody who manages a lot of people, uh, any of those people who have a lot of influence over their workforce? What do you think the top priorities are? And it could be technology-focused, could be people-focused, maybe a little bit of both. Curious what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is a mix. I think from a people standpoint, that is front and center. So around how to identify what those roles are that will be critical for the future of the organization and then how to either reskill talent or build those skills so that they're able to be deployed against the areas that will have the most impact and most value i think so both of those that are that are talent oriented are top priorities and then i think it comes down to finding new ways to serve customers what's the best way that they can do that in a variety of modes that really help build resilience for the organization, but without making too much trade-off on that agility piece. You know, I think when we look back around that amount of change and transformation organizations went through, they really did have to become agile. And that's a real positive thing that we want to maintain going forward.
0: That's why I truly appreciate this data, the survey and the, the white paper that you guys came out with, because I think it sheds light on the bigger picture, which is employers, businesses have to adapt. And this is a, the challenging time that we're going through right now will force us to change and be better. And I think people who could figure it out on the backside of this, when we get back to the new normal, so to speak, will be better for it. And I'm curious if you believe that same thing.
1: Yes, I do too. I mean, certainly we wouldn't want to relive through this again. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> We're counting down the days, I think, for vaccines and other elements to really help us move into that next, you know, new normal. But I think there is a lot of benefit that came from it. You know, the the recognition, as we talked about earlier, that work can continue to get done and perhaps even elevate levels of productivity when we aren't seeing our workers. That's been a real benefit. I think the acceleration of transformation that has driven some of this business agility that's going to be a real positive thing that we've sought out new technologies to support our people as well as the delivery of our business and that's not going to go away i think those are elements that are going to have a real enduring positive impact for business overall
0: i'm excited to see what happens in the in the end of this um lilith christensen Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Lilith is the Chief Strategy and Product Officer at Silk Road Technology. Lilith, where can people like connect with you or learn anything about Silk Road or anything you want to just say in parting? I'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Brandon. Again, really appreciate you having me on today. We were thrilled with the results of the survey and just how interesting it was in terms of looking at the dynamic between workers and the C-suite. And I think it gave us some real insights to think about what, every organization can do going forward to really improve that employee experience and be more agile as a business. If you're interested um, in checking out the report, you can go to our website, silkroadtechnology.com. You'll also find my contact information there if you wanna have a conversation with me as well. So thanks everybody for joining. And again, Brandon, really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thanks, love.